All the sinners and the saints, all the broken and ashamed, all the ones who fell away, come to the table, all the lost and forgotten, all the weary and unwanted, all the ones who don't know grace, come to the table. I'll lay down, I'll let go of my heaviness. I'll lay down, I'll let go of my heaviness. All the sinners and the saints. All the broken and ashamed, all the ones who fell away, come to the table. All the lost and forgotten, all the weary and unwanted, all the ones who don't know grace, come to the table. I'll lay down, I'll let go. Sing this one together. I'll lay down, I'll let go of my heaviness. All I need to know is I'm in your love now. All I need to know is I'm in your love. All I need to know is I'm in your love now. All I need to know is I'm in your love now. All I need to know is I'm in your love. All I need to know is I'm in your love now. At your table, I have a place, I have a name. My Savior, you are the grace that wash my shame away. And it's amazing. At your table, I have a place, I have a name. My Savior, you are the grace to wash my shame away, and it's amazing. And it's amazing. I'll lay down, I'll let go of my
It's amazing All the sinners and the saints All the broken and ashamed All the ones who fell away Come to the table Isn't it amazing that we're all welcome? And at any time Let's do one more. <clears throat> Love unchanging, God, your mercy never fails. I'm surrounded by your compassion and your grace. Your love, brighter than the sun, beautiful than words could ever say. This endless light, shining over all, leads me to your glory. some time to to share our um, things that God has been doing.
Good morning, church family. I'm Deb McCormick, and um, we're going to share some times that where we've seen the Lord um, so obviously in our lives this week or recently. Um, I've, I've been struggling and, um, with things that I can't control and, <laughs> you know, borrowing trouble, all that. Um, the verse that keeps popping into my head is trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. And that's what I'm doing and it's gonna be wonderful. Anybody else have something they could share? Anybody on Zoom, you could just put your name in the chat and we'll highlight you. All right. Dan. Hi, church. It's glad to, good to see you all. It's been at least three or four weeks that we've been out. Uh, but I want to testify to seeing God in you all because uh, Sharon had knee surgery. She's doing great, as you can see. Uh, and uh, then I had bronchitis, and I'm just on the tail end of that. And uh, so I was out for three weeks with that. And um, but one of the things that happened is you all put up that meal train for us, uh, organized that, and a lot of you, you know, gave meals and and uh, brought them over, or uh, you know, what is it, Grubhub and those other things, a uh, couple cards for that, and. Um, but one of the things that was really cool and different, thank you, thank you, thank you. We tried to thank everybody directly, but uh, thank you, thank you. But one of the things that um, was really cool about it is we live in Hamtramck and are very involved in the community there, especially Sharon. And it, when people ask about what they could do, we were able to tell them, well, our church has organized this this thing and connect them to the church so that they could uh, coordinate uh, things. And it was just a, a witness of what a loving community can be and, and uh, to our friends there in Hamtramck. And so, so we want to let you know that that, that witness and word was going out and, uh, and we had some great food. Thank you very much. Anyone else like to have anything to share? Anybody on Zoom? Okay. <laughs> Sing one more song together. It's, a, it's an older hymn. Tis. All right, let me start that over. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, 
how I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, full for grace to trust him more. Oh, I'm glad. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that Thou art with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Amen. You guys can sit. Good morning again, church. My name is Liv. Welcome to Genesis. Um, please take a moment to let us know you're here, either by filling out there's a digital connection card on our website homepage or a physical green card. There's some in your pew. If you'd like to submit prayer requests, ask questions, uh, fill out your contact information and connect with us that way, that would be great. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you are new to Genesis, text new to Genesis, all one word, to 94,000, and you can join our uh, text message distribution list that way. You can also place that physical green card if you fill one out in the wooden box at the back of the sanctuary. And this is also where you can place your offering if you've brought it with you. But thank you to those who continue to give faithfully, both online and via text. Hospitality announcement. So today and for the next two Sundays, which is February the 5th, right? Yeah, through the next two weeks, uh, we are asking all of our warming center guests and volunteers to wear masks for the warming center. So we're encouraging our community to wear masks as well to help, you know, exp uh, excuse me, uh, prevent any additional exposure. There's always a possibility um, that people, you know, may or may not be COVID positive, whether they have symptoms or not, and they will be allowed to stay. So remember, we'll always have Zoom and Facebook Live as options. 
Um, Bonnie, are you? Bonnie, did you want to come up? <laughs> so the Warming Center officially moved to Genesis this morning. Tonight is our first overnight. So please take a moment to say hello and welcome anyone you haven't seen at Genesis before as we invite guests to share our worship and community spaces during their stay with us. So Bonnie's going to do a, a prayer for us as we kick this off. Good morning. I'm Bonnie, and I'm one of the elders here at Genesis. Uh, like Liv said, I'm here to invite you guys to pray with me for these next two weeks of the Warming Center. Um, if you would like to pray more than just this moment, you're invited to, uh, after the service, to walk the perimeter of South Hall and pray just on your own. That's where the guests will be sleeping, or feel free to grab a blanket and, and pray for the guests who will be using it. Um, as for right now, uh, please stand if you would like to. Um, consider holding out a hand of blessing towards South Hall or whatever posture feels right to you. Dear God, thank you for the privilege of hosting the Warming Center and for this building that you've provided. Thank you for the guests who will stay here. Please bless them. Please be very present with them and with us especially during these next two weeks. Please help us all to hear from you, and may you be glorified. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Bonnie. So thank you to everyone who has already signed up to volunteer for the Warming Center. We could not do this without every single one of those volunteers. Having said that, we still have four overnight uh, volunteer spots that we need to fill. And this is the most, you know, arguably the most crucial uh, so that we can continue to continue to operate over these two weeks. So we have a couple second shifts and um, one, I believe, first shift. So that second shift means that you're starting at 1.45 a.m. and that ends at 7.15 a.m. But the hardest part about that is that you just have to set your alarm and sort of get up in the middle of the night, but I promise you that shift is actually quite quiet and you'll just have a chance to walk around and um, maybe do a, a few duties or connect with who you're volunteering with. So you are welcome to pull out your calendars now. I know you have your phones. There are four shifts. The open dates are Wednesday, February 1st, Thursday, February 2nd, Friday, February 3rd, which is actually a first shift, so it's 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., so you just have to stay up, I think, a little later than you might on a Wednesday, and then our last morning will end Sunday, February 5th, and we have one of those spots uh, going into that very last morning. So if you have any questions, there's information on the boards in the lobby, and there will be a few of us milling about afterwards if you have questions about that, what that entails, you know, training manual, etc. So please consider uh, filling these spots so that we can keep the doors open, literally. So it is incredibly important, though, when you do sign up for a shift, especially an overnight shift, that you follow through on that commitment. Of course, unless you are sick or you've been exposed to COVID and need to quarantine. But uh, we do ask that, you know, you clear your, your schedule for that evening slash early morning and make that commitment when you do sign up. Uh, you don't want to disappoint uh, a second shift team if you have signed up for like a first shift and, you know, the or excuse me, 
uh, if you've signed up for a second shift and the, the first shift could be very disappointed if you don't show up in the middle of the night and we don't want to have to call a sub um, but having said that, if you would like to be someone's hero, you could sign up to be a sub and you can sign up for specific dates that you know would work for you. We're not just saying, could you be a sub for any night in two weeks and we'll call you in the middle of the night. You can sign up for a specific date to be a sub, knowing that you don't have to go in unless your phone rings around 2 a.m. Um, so uh, we do have emergency subs as well, people who are willing to get those calls anytime during the two weeks. God bless you for that. Um, so please consider those open spots. We have a few other volunteer spots that are open, tear down on Sunday, February 5th, right after service. There's a couple of clothing volunteer spots uh, and on shower nights and uh, the wave project trailer will be there in the back parking lot. And then we have some weekend daytime hosts during the day on Saturdays and Sundays, including our last day, Sunday, February 5th. So again, check out the sign of Genius online. We will text that out via our text chain um, on the website or stop by in the lobby on the board. So this community has been really incredibly gracious with your time and your talent and your resources. Um, and you can use my Venmo handle. Uh, we are still taking donations and we'll continue through uh, the two weeks. But thank you for supporting the Warming Center this year. Um, at this time, we're going to release our middle school students and release to uh, have some connection before we continue. Good morning. I think the snow in the, in the day made us feel a little bit sleepy today. Hold on, let me turn these lights on. That might help us.
<laughs> you guys are so easy to please. Just turn some lights on. I got one more I can turn on too. Here it is. Oh, feel it. No, we're not trying to save money. We're going to turn the lights on. So funny enough, uh, the church historically has a calendar, has a pace to it, has a rhythm to it that leads us through the life of Jesus. In some way, we're discipled by the calendar. Like the rhythm of the year shapes us and, and moves us. Some of those seasons are more known, like Advent. For those of you who have some sort of church practice, we've heard that term as the, the days leading up to Christmas or Lent. Most people know that as far as when you give up stuff, you know, all during those days leading up to Easter. And so those are calendar-driven times that shape us. Now, the moment that we're in right now, uh, in the way that the church marks its calendar, it's counted by the Sundays after Epiphany. So Epiphany was January 6th, and Epiphany is, just means revelation. The Epiphany that God has made himself known. The Epiphany that God is with us, that Jesus is with us. And so the liturgical church, or the church who follows the revised common lectionary, will teach on specific portions of the life of Jesus. And so this time period, though it's not really a season, it's called Epiphaniatide. 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 Yeah, say that three times. I couldn't barely say it once. But it's this time, and there's always a gospel reading, but really the epiphany is this, that's marking us as we look at the life of Jesus. God is with us. And I don't know a season when I don't need to be shaped by that truth. I need that. And so today, as we're in the third Sunday after Epiphany, we're going to be taking the common text that so many other worshiping communities are entering in as well. And in some way, we get this sense that we are participating in this larger story of what God is doing with the world and shaping us all. So that's where we find ourselves today. And where we find ourselves today in this epiphany, and so epiphany falls on January 6th in the winter. And there's something interesting about that. And the epiphany that we're going to be looking at today in Luke 4, or Matthew, sorry, Matthew 4, is about the light shining in the darkness. And when you're in the winter, the light shines the least. And so, but in the reality, in the midst of darkness, God's light shines. And I believe that's what we need to know and to realize and to see. In the midst of darkness, God's light shines. May that be for us, for our neighbors, for our friends, for our guests, for the hurting for the destitute, for the broken, for the enslaved, for the oppressed, for the weary, for the depressed, for the isolated, for the sick, for the tormented, for the burdened. God, let your light shine. And so let's pray. 
God, you take the initiative and you shine. You step into dark places by your choosing. There is no darkness too dark for you. Even in the midst of darkness, you shine. So let your light come. And may we know that that light is Jesus among us. Open our eyes to the beauty of your revelation, to your epiphany. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Light amidst the darkness. What does this look like? Well, in Matthew, here's how it's described. This is in verse four, in chapter four, verses twelve to twenty-three. This is the gospel readings from the Revised Common Lectionary today. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, that was John the Baptist, whom Herod had arrested and imprisoned, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then he left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God had said through the prophet Isaiah. In the land of Zebulon and of Naphtali, beside the sea beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So what does light amidst the darkness look like? Well, I believe that Matthew was painting a description for us of what the light is looking like among darkness. The story starts off, and it, it's about Jesus who, who is coming. He's starting his ministry. It's launching out, and he doesn't go to Jerusalem to launch it. He doesn't even go to Nazareth, his birthplace. He enters there and leaves, but he sets it up in Capernaum. This, this place that had been isolated for centuries. There's a couple tribes who were a part of this land. These were, these were descendants uh, that came from different tribes that came out of Jacob, out of Israel out of the children that came from there. And two of them were listed here, Zebulon and Naphtali. 
And these families grew and grew and grew, and they were given land that was portioned out to them and to their descendants. But at a certain time, an Assyrian king came in and, and wiped them all out and took them all to exile, these two tribes. And these tribes never returned. They're considered lost tribes, meaning that there was a people, there was an origin, there was descendants that were connected to a family that never returned. That was, they're considered lost. They were sort of annihilated. Now, eventually, people came back and were repopulated into that area, and many of them Jewish. But at that time, they had, they had lost some sort of semblance of who their people were. And this was that area. And so in this area, there were predominantly there was Jewish cities, and there were Gentile cities. That just means they weren't Jewish. But, but these were people who were, he, who were sent off in exile for centuries. And they were looked upon poorly. They even had a dialect that sort of marked them differently. Because um, at the time of Alexander the Great, he conquered everything. He conquered and he conquered. And they, and they uh, pushed forward this culture, this Greek culture, the language of the Greek language. And many Jewish people who were assimilated into those communities took on those Greek characteristics even in their dialect. And for some Jewish people, this was blasphemous. This was turning your back on your own identity. And so even when anyone from that area would go into Jerusalem, they immediately knew. They immediately knew where they were from. Have you ever met anybody from Mississippi? From Alabama? If they talk, you know they're not from Detroit. Their dialect gives them away. But, but this area was not the pristine. This was not the powerful. If you were going to be the Messiah, if you were going to start a movement of disciples, you wouldn't start it here. But yet God does. And the prophet Isaiah speaks about this because it says that a people who sit in darkness has seen a light, that the people who are cast in the shadow of darkness, a light has shined. What I find so beautiful about our God is the God who does go into places that need light, that goes into places where it's dark, hopeless, beat down, weary, belittled, small, insignificant, and shines. Our God shines in dark places, places in need of hope. I find it beautiful that this is what God does. And this is where Jesus goes. This isn't the city to prove yourself. This is a place that needs a light. It's a place that needs some hope. And so Jesus goes into Capernaum, and he brings this message. Repent of your sins and turn to God. The kingdom of heaven is near. When we hear that language, for anyone who's been in church, you're like, repent of your sins. Turn to God. The kingdom of God is near. It's like, hey, you're bad. You need to be good. Get it right. Um, 
and, and, and it's a language that invokes also, and then the kingdom of God is near. And many times we hear kingdom of God, we think, oh, that means God's coming back, the, the return. But it, it, it's so much more broad, it's so much more nuanced to that. Repent really just means come to your senses. You're going the wrong way. Go another way. What you're doing isn't working. It's almost in the way repent, and it says, repent of your sins, turn to God. It's like those two phrases are almost exactly the same. So repenting your sins is, hey, turn to God. Don't, Don't go your way. Jesus, when he told a story about what repentance looked like, he told parables in order to help people understand what repentance looked like. And he told the story of two brothers, and the one took all of his inheritance and went off and lived wildly and spent it up really foolishly and found himself in a lot of trouble. And the text just says he came to his senses because he had no food. And he said, oh, I'm going to go home. And I'll make some bargain, and I'll beg my way back in, and I'll be a servant. But that repenting was like, come to your senses. Go home. Go home to God. Return home. And so Jesus' message was that. It was like, there's a different way. You, you, can, you can return to God. And he would embrace you and welcome you and celebrate you, throw a party for you. Your sin just means you're, 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 doing the, you're going the wrong way. You're missing the mark. Follow God. It doesn't even mean that every move that you're making is terrible and wicked and awful. It just means there's other ways to go in the way that God is going. His message was good and kind. Turn from your way and turn to God. And in essence, Jesus is proclaiming this. God's near. and God is with us. And Jesus is shouting this in a place that's in the shadow of darkness. That in the midst of darkness, hears the light. God is with us and near. And not only that, this Jesus prepare this, this message. Well, here's my question for you with that. Have you ever believed this for others? That someone would say that they're in this sort of midst of darkness? They're in the midst of struggle. They're in the midst of hardship. They're in the midst of pain. Have you ever believed that for someone else when they couldn't? Or have you ever believed it for them, but you couldn't believe it for yourself? <laughs> You ever sat there? I was with a friend. We're, we're, we've been friends for 30 years. He's got two children, one's in college, and his other daughter is 16 and was, was born with a number of limitations and, and birth defects and, and, and things for her life that she will need lifetime care. That's just the spot that their family is in. And he's pondering that. It's like how, uh, and, and it, that kind of care for anybody who's needing lifetime care is it's very expensive. And he's, tr- he's trying to think down, down the road. She's 16. What happens if she lives to be 66? What if she lives to 76? This is 70 years of care. 
that, that is like, I, I, I want to be able to care and provide for her. And he's plotting and planning, trying to figure out how this is going to be. And yet when I hear him talking about this, I have all kinds of hope and trust that Caitlin, his beloved, is going to be provided for and cared for. That this will come to be. Even though that he, he might be struggling with that, but I can believe it for him, and I can believe it for her. But I struggle to believe it for myself. And when that happens, we have to step back and ask the million dollar question why? Why don't we believe it? So if you're like me, why don't you believe it for yourself? What lie have you either heard about yourself or about God? Because that's the only way that you're going to be duped is that somehow we have heard a mistruth about ourselves, meaning that you don't deserve it, you're not any good, you've jacked up too much, whatever those lies could be, correct? They could be those. Or, God's not good. God's not trustworthy. God can't provide. Why is this so hard? Why don't, you, why don't we believe it? for ourselves. God is near. For these people who live in Capernaum, this is hard to believe. It's hard to believe when darkness has been cast over an area, generation beyond generation beyond generation. And is it hard for you to believe that God's with you? God's near to you. If you have the time, ponder it. Ask that question, why? And if you can sit down there and if somehow you can sit there and say, what am I believing about this? And write down those ideas that pop into your head. And then give it a minute and say, God, what do you want to say to this? What do you want to speak into this? What do you want to say to me in this? Where God's truth, where God's light could shine into your darkness, which is as every lie is every bit of darkness in this world. Jesus comes with this message. The kingdom of God is near. And Jesus begins in this place of darkness, calling disciples, learners, students, those that he would come. And he says this, come, follow me. Come and be with me. And I'll show you how to fish for people. Now, he's saying that to them because they're fishermen. That's the only reason. Because that language is going to speak to them as fishermen. I'm going to disrupt what you're doing currently. And I'm going to teach you how to do something different. The first, it's an invitation. This, This discipling principle, this learning, this following Jesus has this feel of invitation and challenge. Here's the invitation from Jesus. This is what light does when it steps into darkness. Come. Come, follow me. Come be with me. Where I go, you go. You're with me. Come. And then the challenge. I'm going to teach you to do something different that you've never done. 
Now, these people knew this. These, these boys or men, these fishermen, they didn't know what it meant to fish for people. They were going to follow a rabbi, a teacher. They had no clue what they were doing, and that's the challenge. They were stepping into unchartered territory, and they were going to need to learn. Have you ever tried to do anything for the first time as an adult? Have any of you guys done this recently? Has anyone picked up a musical instrument in the last year? that You were like, you know what? I'm going to try to learn something. Brian, is that you? What, what instrument did you pick up to learn? What did he say? So, um, how good are you? How many chords can you play, he said? Oh, zero. (laughs) Can you play any songs? No. Okay. Now, that could be really discouraging, couldn't it? You could be like, oh, Brian, you're a terrible guitar player. But, but, but the purpose is, is to learn. Who, who starts something who's, good at, who's ever good at it? No one. And so Jesus is like, you're not going to be good at this. You're going to be terrible at this. But come and be with me because this is what light does. It shines into dark places. And he says, yeah, you're not good at this. Come follow me. I, I've, been, I've been watching, uh, I don't know if you, 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 at nighttime where you're just like, oh, I don't want to go to bed because I'm not ready for tomorrow. And so you binge watch whatever you can. And I'm watching this like professional tennis documentary on Netflix called like Breakpoint or something. And it's these, these are the best tennis players in the world. <laughs> They're the best. And every one of them on a regular basis is like, I'm no good. Because the only, there's only one person at a tournament who actually doesn't end up losing. <laughs> Everybody else loses again and again and again and again. And they want to quit. Discipleship is it's, it's not marked that way. Following Jesus is this this beautiful invitation of our God who shines light into darkness and says this again and again and again and again and again to me and to you. Come, follow me. You're not any good at this. Come, follow me. You're not a perfect example, but you are alive. Come and follow me and begin to live with me. May you hear that invitation and the challenge and say yes, because this is what light does in darkness. It steps up to all of us and says, you're not great at this. And I love that Jesus invites people not great at it. He didn't go to the special, to the elite. No one could read this and think these were special people. These are spectacular people. They're ordinary. In an ordinary place, in an ordinary profession, in an ordinary day. But they said, yes. May we as well. He invites disciples. And they throw their lot in with Jesus. 
So again, what does it look like to have light shining in the midst of darkness? What does it look like when Jesus says, again, I'm going to teach you to fish for people? And so again, Jesus is going to show us, Matthew's going to show us again what that looks like with one more sentence. Two more. Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues. Those were like places of learning that were set up. The synagogue where were, were, it would almost be kind of like uh, a church, uh, buildings like this, where it'd be spots where you could learn and people would gather and meet and participate in different practices while they're there, either praying or studying Torah, places to come together. So Jesus was going into these to these places, primarily Jewish people, but there was a number of other people, other Greek people and Gentiles that were there as well. So Jesus is teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So what does it look like for light to shine amidst darkness? Jesus comes and announces good news with good deeds. That's what it looks like to those who are in darkness. Good news into this whole region. God is near. God is with us. And for those of us who are in the season of epiphany, our epiphany tide, and we remember in this, after we've celebrated the birth of Jesus, Jesus is with us. That is the good news for us, not abandon us, and with us in our darkness. Jesus is with us in our vocation. Jesus is with us in our calling. Come, follow me. That was that message. And Jesus is with us and power and deeds, letting good break in in the midst of darkness and evil and brokenness. Jesus is shining in the darkness as he heals every kind of disease and illness of people who are coming. This is what it looks like for light to shine in darkness. This is what it looks like for Jesus to be with us. And this is the hope that we take hold of today as we read this story and reflect on this piece today to find hope and encouragement to be reminded again to want to encourage one another, Jesus is with us. This good news, go home, return, Return to God. Let him shift your thinking. And as this light shines, Jesus also meets us with deeds. Sometimes that's the miraculous. Breaking in. And other times, Jesus is just with us in the darkness. We're still waiting for the miraculous to break in. But I have hope for you that it will, even when I struggle to believe it for myself. And maybe you have hope for me that it will break in 
And so may we share good news with one another and encourage each other as it's today. That's what's so beautiful about the warming center that we're stepping into, that we're participating in, that we are in together. All of us experiencing at some level moments or seasons of darkness and light shining in, and all of us reminding each other that God is with us. Everyone doing this. From the guests who will be staying here to those volunteering, everyone participating in this beautiful dance of encouraging each other, reminding each other, light has shown up in darkness. That light's name is Jesus. And Jesus comes with a good message and good deeds and power. May we know it today. One of the simple practices for those who have hope for others. See, Jesus himself lived this, and, and we stand in awe of those good deeds of Jesus who meets us, pours out his love upon us. But Jesus himself said this. He said, you, you are the light of the world. Let your deeds shine, and people will praise God for it. And so, one of the practices that you may choose to do today, we have um, 35 bags of blankets over there. And this, this, this isn't for people who are not sleeping here. If you're, you're here and you're staying, I want to still invite you to participate in this. But maybe you're, you have hope for the light of Jesus to break in to someone's darkness currently. And I want to encourage you, would you be willing to write them a letter, a note, to share good news with them? Just ask God, what good news would, would you like me to share with this person who might use this blanket? Or maybe you'll head down into South Hall. That's the hall that's down the steps. And down in there is some cots. And maybe you want to put a note on a cot. What good news do you want to share with someone sleeping on that cot? Or maybe you see someone here that you're like, you know what, I'm going to write it for them, and I don't know why, but I'm going to hand them a note. Or maybe you want to write it for your neighbor, or maybe it's for a coworker. But it's to be people who can remind each other of this good news. Not that we have it together, but that God that's missed us is amidst of us and shines in darkness. So I have like an overwhelming amount of cards and envelopes. But um, I want to invite you, if you're willing to take one, to, to, to grab one. Or I could even invite Andrew. Would you be willing, Andrew, to hand, maybe hand some of these out? You'd be willing to do that? That's beautiful. Here's, these are just cards. I don't think they need an envelope. If there's anybody who wants, there's 35 that we have in there. Here's a pen too. Would anybody like one? For, this is the fourth Sunday where we try to put our worship into action. And anybody need a pen in here too? 
All right, I'm going I'm to pass these pens if anybody needs them. Andrew's going to bring them out. Again and again, when it comes to good news, Andrew is the one who shares good news with me more than anybody. Again and again, reminding me of good news. He is a messenger of the gospel. Good news. Grateful for that. And so, as God breathes hope into you, may you share it as well. And so, let me pray. Father, who is like you? You don't run from dark places. You have not abandoned dark places, the dark places in us and around us. You're not afraid of them, but that's where you start. That's what you're attracted to, low places. The low places in us and around us. That's who you are. That's your character and your goodness. And so in the dark places of us, we can pause and we say, oh, you don't, you don't run from this. You actually say you're going to come nearer. And so we pause and say, let your kingdom come. Come, God, and let your light shine. Where we have lost hope, would you reveal to us the lies we have believed about ourselves that are deep? Maybe somebody whispered those to us. Would you remind us of those lies or the lies we have believed about you? And in your kindness, God, would you show us the truth and speak the truth to us? May your hope and your light shine and your message be received to bring transformation to us and to this world. People receiving your good news and sharing it. May we share the little we have with others. Thank you for the hope that we have for others knowing your goodness. Open our mouths that we might do so with word and with deed. Amen. Dan Buttry, one of our resident elders, is going to um, share about our elder nomination process. And then, Dan, would you speak a benediction, a blessing, uh, something or the other. You've got skills. You've got skills to pay the bills. So we'll hand this to you, then you can um, send us out great. as we go. Great, great. <laughs> you know, when I think of that early church, Jesus sure picked a weird bunch of people to be leaders of the church, you know, uh, professional fisher people, you know. They were viewed as kind of the outsiders because they smelled the fish. And... Uh, but Jesus, Jesus picked ordinary people to be leaders. And um, we've got uh, six elders right now. Uh, me, you got to see Bonnie backing earlier in the service. And as you guessed from her t-shirt, she's not here right now. She's up with the kids. Uh, we also have um, Nasha Ely and uh, Sandra Guzman. 
And then we have the two Bens, uh, Ben Regal and Ben Hoskins. Now, Ben Hoskins and I are leading the process of, of searching for new elders and elder nominations. And so we invite you as the congregation to nominate people that you think would be good leaders for the church. Uh, uh, the Bible speaks about some of those qualities, people of integrity, uh, because they're going to be involved in oversight and and um, uh, so integrity, wisdom, uh, not perfect. <laughs> None of us are perfect. You look up to us. These are these got some some uh, capabilities and skills to lead. Now we require that they be uh, members of of Genesis or being around our community for at least two years. Um, they, we, we like to see their involvement in leadership in some sort of way, some sort of capacity. Um, and so think about that as you uh, nominate people. Now, there's going to be a process. We hope to be able to present them uh, and uh, affirm the new elders in the month of May. So the deadline for nominations is the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, and I'm going to be speaking about it next Sunday, the next Sunday. But uh, you can start sending nominations. You can uh, write them down or, or, or send me an email. Uh, we're going to put all the information about where you can um, uh, get those uh, nominations. You can even give them to the pastors uh, or any of the elders. Just hand it to us, the name. And, and uh, we'd especially like, if you do a name, say why. What is it that moves you about this person in leadership? What are some of the skills, uh, some of the spiritual gifts that you've seen in action through them? And that'll be helpful. Now, the process is after we kind of sift things through and then we'll, we'll ask, because some people say, no way, I can't do that right now. This is not a time in my life I can do it, whatever. Uh, but for those that are willing to go further in the process, we got two steps. One is that they will be interviewed by a, a small committee from the congregation. And, um, and then after that, that group will then forward it with their comments and their, um, their insights to the elders. And we will then also interview them. But um, uh, the second thing is we're going to be seeking some of you to serve on that committee to interview elders. And um, so you might hear a call from Ben or from me uh, asking if you'd be willing to, to uh, help interview some elder candidates. And we've got more about that coming up. But did I cover everything, Bo? I think I did. Oh, okay. So on the digital green card, when you sign that out, you can do that. Uh, if you've already sent it in, again, as we're going to be doing it the next couple weeks and uh, uh, up until the day before Valentine's Day. And, oh, there, but there's some forms out there at the offering with a little more information. Uh, the offering box as you exit the uh, sanctuary through the back. Okay, so let's uh, close in, in, in blessing. You know, Jesus took those ordinary people, said, come follow me and I will make you to fish for people. I'll help you to to be a part of bringing that, that reign of God, that kingdom of God uh, here. And so may you go forth and be a part of that, especially in the next couple of weeks, uh, whether you're a member of Genesis or a guest or volunteer staff, may you be a part of shining the light of Jesus 
uh, in this place and in this community. And uh, wherever you go, as you leave this place, may you shine with that light of Jesus. Go forth to love and serve the Lord. Amen.